Welcome to Unmasked by Mad Millennials, which is a podcast and radio show all around mental health in the music industry and having unfiltered and authentic conversations and making that transparency clear to make other people feel comfortable enough to talk when they're struggling and also when they're not struggling. So today we have on the Lucettas, who are an Essex independent band who kind of give me the vibe of the raw and the authenticity of the earlier Arctic Monkeys stuff. Currently going to talk about all things mental health, everything that you've been up to lately, um, and just navigating the music industry as an independent band in general. So, welcome. Do you want to just introduce yourself and also do your pronouns? Yeah, so I'm Tommy. Um, I'm the lead singer and guitarist in the band. Um, just he, him, is my pronouns. Um, I'm Vinny. I'm the bass player and back in vocals and hear him so first of all i just want to know a little bit of how your music journey started individually and then also as a band yeah so i think for me i i picked up the guitar when i was about 14 probably but i I always loved music i was always singing um and i realized i could sing when i'd done a school assembly and everyone was like oh you're really good at singing but obviously at school it's quite a it's quite a hard thing, it's, especially as a as a boy. I feel like it's quite hard to express yourself in that sort of artistic way, especially as a young a uh, young man or a young boy. Um, so that's when I realised that I could sing, but it took me then a few years to sort of develop that sort of confidence to to then go and do music. And then as soon as as soon as I got the bug for it, it just took over. Then really, and then started the band at fifteen, sixteen, um, and have just stuck with it then. And it, and it's just come like people have come people have gone but where we're at now in this band with the four four uh lads that we've got including myself i just think we're in a perfect place now really it's great Good. uh for me i feel like i've always been in music to be honest with you because my father was a musician as well he used to play bassoon in the army band back in italy and yeah so i picked up the piano when i was about nine then when i was about 12 i picked up the guitar as well with some punk rock music evolved a little bit and then to be fair recently i've picked up the bass something like two years ago i think it was just before the pandemic i was like okay cool i like this <laughs> and so yeah I, I was just trying to expand my knowledge basically and just get into everything that i can that i could possibly get into that is about music then i found myself recently joining the lucetas absolutely love him Thank you. Yeah, we're in a good place, as Tommy said. Just going forward, took part of it. Great. Fab. And I think something that you said, Tommy, about you know that that gender, um, kind of being a male as well. You know the difference of the kind of the stigma that's attached within trying to be a bit more musical and expressive and stuff like that. I think that's something that a lot of people do feel when they are quite young and trying to kind of figure out who they are. Is that kind of 
being put in a box a little bit. Yeah, I think it, it definitely exists a hundred percent. I think if you if you say it doesn't exist, then you're lying. I think especially in the, our culture in the UK. Well, maybe it's just my culture from where I'm from, my my family and my surroundings or whatever. But I, I was always like a you know like sporty boy, like boisterous, whatever you know. So to to then sort of drop your guard a little bit and be vulnerable and and artistic is a different vibe. So it, it, it actually you do have to convince yourself to do it. You know, you have to be brave to 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 roll the dice. Um, but yeah, it, it shouldn't be like that. But I think it is like that in all honesty. Yeah, definitely. And I think hopefully future generations we can kind of break that. And I think that's why it's so important for us to have the conversations that we are having now, so that when the future generations do grow up and are in similar situations, they feel comfortable enough to be completely themselves. Um, yeah, so that's really good. So if you had to like describe your sounds to someone who'd never listened to you, what kind of description would you give them? It's such a difficult question. I think, especially with this first album, I think that we have quite a lot of variety. Like We've got Counting On Me, which is a sort of classic pop song. And then in everything's like a ballad. And then we've got Low Life, which is like a sort of punky rock song. And then we've got sort of like Eel that's a bit hip hoppy a little bit. And and um, LMLT is a bit hip hoppy, like hip hoppy pop song. So there's, there's quite a lot of variety really in that first record. Um, it'd be interesting to see what sort of sound the second album comes out on because that will sort of, the way I see it on this first record is there's so many different avenues that we could go down because there's that variety. Um, so we'll see what the second record brings and we'll sort of see, well, I guess we'll just see what we naturally chose, you know, but I think on the first album, I think there's some, there's something for everybody really. That's my opinion of it. I don't know if, what you think, Vinny. Yeah. I think we're just going to try to expand a little bit shift and see what works and what doesn't. But I think to be honest with you, based on the first half, on the first album, we're just going to be able to, take something out of every song and make it for everybody and make it different and make it make it very personal make make it very make it to stand out in the crowd i think it takes a lot of talent to be able to to jump into different genres though like i think that's kind of what you're looking for when you want to really stick and follow a band because you don't want every album to kind of be the exact same yeah because we've never we've never had the conversation where oh we want to sound like this so let's write to sound like this we've just written what we want to write and then i've just yeah it's all just come natural really so that that variety is quite interesting i think this would be the perfect time to maybe showcase a little bit of um what you do sound like for the listeners so i think the first song that we're gonna show is in everything do you just want to just talk a little bit about that yeah yeah sure so this was our second single in the run-up to releasing the album. Um, it's sort of, I guess it's sort of like ballady. It's a bit like The Verve, I'd say, a little bit verve um, on that sort of Urban Hymns album. Is Yeah, inspired by them for sure. Um, yeah, and the lyrics is just sort of, I always get worried about describing lyrics because I don't want to change somebody's opinion of the song, do you know what I mean? By like saying, oh, this is what it's about. And then it changes what people hear in their own head. So I just think, listen to the words and, and just make up your own mind of what you think's going on and, and just go with that. <laughs> um, I think something that you said that was really interesting before we played the song is about how you don't want to change the interpretation of the lyrics for certain people. And I think that's something that when we started doing 
the radio show from Mad Millennials. That's why we wanted to focus a lot on the music industry because I think the music industry and songs that you relate to and lyrics can really, really help protect like your mental health. And, you know, there's that saying, isn't there, that you can go to a concert and the artist can sing like one lyric back to the crowd and then the crowd are singing it back for 20,000 different reasons. And I think that's so powerful. And I think that's why music does help a lot of people in terms of mental health. So that was really good to shine a little bit of light on that. I've said it before, like I think that the talent that you have got is very raw and kind of like edgy as well. And it's just really exciting to see, you know, what you are capable of and the diversity of it that we've spoke about as well, which is great. So this is a podcast about mental health. Just wanted you to discuss your own experience with mental health as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, uh, well, just speaking for myself, I think I've, I've had big battles with mental health my whole life since I was a very like young, like a kid, basically, all the way through. It comes and goes. But I think for me, music is something that's helped me um, sort of get rid of, of that sort of anxiety or whatever. Um, it's just a way of me expressing myself. What I feel like sometimes is like for me personally is I have this sort of build up of emotion or whatever and then then it will all just come out in a song sort of thing and then once that song's done or I've written that song then it's like a I've emptied the tank a little bit um but yeah I mean I don't I don't know it's, it's quite a difficult situation to like articulate um because I've, n- I've never like had anything sort of diagnosed or whatever but I just think yeah through through my whole schooling and stuff like that I was like always like a naughty kid like I was always just yeah so I've always had an up and down sort of with mental health but um but yeah it's not it's not changed anyway I still have that now really but it is what it is I don't know. Yeah, that um, generic millennial kind of, it is what it is saying at the end of everything. <laughs> what about you, Vinny? For me, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't get into music because of any problems that I had, to be honest. It just always starts as a passion. And then for me, music is literally like life. There's ups and downs. Music has also been cause of depression for me. It's not just, okay, cool, I make music happy like it's, it's not that also if you take it very seriously it just becomes part of you and it just embodies what life means basically and that's all so as some things in life help with depression and stuff music does in the same way and that's how it works for me and i think there are huge ups and downs in music especially when you're trying to do what we're doing and we still have to operate in a normal life as well you know and and so for me anyway what I find is say like we we've done a massive gig on the weekend like three three and a bit thousand people like great day and then I've got to go back to work on Monday and it's like it takes a few days to then get back down and it's sort of like having a come down you know from all this emotion and it's always like oh great like I'm living the dream this is amazing and then it's like there's ups and downs for sure and I think the highs in music are really high but the lows are they hit me they hit me hard yeah. 
if I have three or four days in the studio lo- locked in writing songs, like I've had it before, I've left the studio and I've literally cried. Like I've, had, I've I swear, like, <laughs> I swear, because it's, it, it's like you go from living your dream for that temporary moment or whatever, and then you have to incorporate normality back into your life, and it's sort of like it's hard to hard to get that balance right sometimes. Definitely, and I think that's something that in general I think it's quite like high energy environments isn't it and like you said you're doing something that you want to do full time and then to be kind of drawn back out of that and then have to go back to reality like I always think about like Lewis Capaldi having to take his bins out after he's been on sport like just little things like that like just it, it is kind of just like a big reality check and I think your emotions do become very unregulated because it's not kind of every day and then it does take a couple of days to kind of regulate back to the norm it does yeah and like my concentration my motivation it all sh- like shifts and then I, yeah you just your head's in a different place for a few days you know after you do something that that's big or, or fun or you know yeah and I feel like the last few months especially because we've just come off our first tour and obviously we've been gigging a lot up and down the country doing great trips having loads of fun every time after a tour day i was literally oh man i feel i almost felt depressed because i was like and now what because it was just so dense packed with like fun and i don't know living the dream as you said i mean and stuff like that and then when you come back you just crash so i think this is a really good time to kind of talk about the tour that you have just done and i just wanted to talk a little bit about is there anything in general that you do to kind of try and regulate those emotions when you are on tour to be able to navigate the highs and the lows? It's it's like very individual, I think, because we're all together, and when we're all together, that's not the time that we're stressed. That's the time that we're, and then when we're all to, when we're all together, that's not the that's not the stress. That's not the things that we have to deal with in a that way. And then we all break off, and then it's like you got to just deal with it on your own. <laughs> like you got you got to just get through it till the next gig or the next time we meet up or whatever we practice we practice every every single week so that's good for us because that's the good release I think to sort of get us back on um but in terms of myself like I do mindfulness meditation you know when like you just 10 minutes or whatever and you just go down your body basically focusing on different parts and that's quite good um I, I have to exercise every day as well because I just can't I've got so much energy I need to just burn it off but yeah that sort of helps me regulate my mental health is just pure exercise and uh listening to stuff like meditation and things uh, I don't know what Vinny does in the week this is what I mean I don't know how he how he deals with it to be fair with you I just do whatever I don't really I don't really think about it until there's the actual need to think about it. You know what I mean? And usually before I go to bed, that's my meditation time, I would say. I don't really actively do it. I just do it. And usually that works just fine for me. It is. It's completely different for everybody. And I think that's why it's so important to try different things and kind of just do almost a bit of trial and error because one thing that works amazing for one person might be absolute dog shit for the next person and I think it's just about finding out what does work for you and trying different things so that you can figure that out so I wanted to talk a little bit about because obviously you're an independent band and I just wanted to talk about like how has that journey been different or maybe more challenging or more positive for you 
Yeah, I think it comes, there's pros and cons. The pros being that we're in total control of what we want to do and what we want to put out. And, uh, you know, we have friends that aren't, aren't in that situation where, you know, and as an artist, you want to just put out what you want to put out. And if you write something and you love it, then you should be able to do that freely. So we, we do have the blessing to do that, which is great. Um, but it is grind. It is a grind because you, you, you've got nobody to help you promote yourself really. And unfortunately in, in the music industry promotion, I think is, is more, it's more important really than, than the actual songs. And I know that's it's backwards because that's not how I would like it to be. And that's not how I think it should be. But, you know, there's so many great musicians and great songs out there that don't get the exposure. Uh, and that, and if they did, they'd be worldwide hits. Do you know what I mean? So that's quite difficult. You know, it, it would be handy to have some somebody else or this big corporation, this big like conglomerate, or whatever, just pushing your music because then you're just going to get more fans and more people are going to see you. Um, but you know that it's good for us because the fan base that we do have, and the people that message us on a daily basis and and speak to us and, and share our songs and stuff. We know that that's organic, you know, and we know that they actually are into the tunes. So it, there's, it's amazing, really. It's amazing. But there's pro, there's definitely pros and cons. There's definitely pros and cons, for sure. Yeah. I do think with, like, being independent, because I'm, I'm very pro bands being independent and artists and stuff, because I just think sometimes when you are with a record label and you know there's dates that you've got to meet to kind of get like albums out or you know songs out and stuff like that I think it really hinders the creative process and kind of means that you know you've got to work to someone else's timetable and tick boxes and rules and stuff like that and I think something that's so great about music is that it does go outside the box and you, you can kind of you know express yourself however you want to I do think with a lot of record labels and I'm not saying all I'm sure some are great but I think with the majority of record labels they do kind of try and put that in a box and yeah yeah I think as as an independent artist you just got to trust your instinct a lot yeah you just got to do what you think's right at that time you can't overthink things because you're not you, you you don't have all this data and all these case studies to fall back on and this worked for this person so we're just going to copy this blueprint this I think as a as a independent artist you just have to just follow your instinct and do what you think's right and you know we're really lucky because we have each other as well because if you're an independent artist who's also a solo musician I can imagine that's really really hard but we have each other's ideas and we we communicate and we have obviously four voices like I don't think our first album would be released if it was on a record label because it's got so much different stuff going on we would have had to just follow one path and pretty much release the same song 12 times there's definitely a lot to overthink about promoting music and stuff like this that can take away a lot from the process i would say but then you need to think about also songs like for example sugarman that didn't have success for years until it blew up in south in south africa for absolutely no reason whatsoever so it just it really depends if the music is good it just it's just gonna go so i think this would be a really good time to play your second song just to showcase a little bit of your sound so this one's called low life so this song is it's more sort of like a punk rock vibe mixed with sort of 
indie sort of tune. I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a weird mix, but I like it. It's very energetic. There's a lot of energy there. Um, and really, I think it comes from a place where it's like yourself, uh, like degrading, you're degrading yourself a little bit um, in the lyrics anyway. But yeah, hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for showcasing the different sounds that you've got. It's been really amazing to hear. So we spoke a little bit just before the song about the marketing sides and the promotion sides of being in the music industry. And unfortunately, that is a big, massive part of getting your sound out there and the name of your bands in people's mouths as well. Just wanted to talk a little bit about how you navigate that. Yeah, so it is really difficult because we don't have, you know, um, a million pounds to spend on advertising or whatever. Um, but I think the, we've just been smashing social media, really. And I th- the main thing that I would say to any other independent artist is to be as active as possible. Because if you're if you're as active as possible, and I don't mean just active on social media, I mean active as in you need to be playing gigs, you need to be in the studio, you need to be writing stuff. Because because then it it makes the social media side of it easier because you actually have stuff to talk about or you actually have pictures to put up or videos to put up because you're actually doing stuff in real life. So the synergy there works out better. So that's what we've done really. We've just made sure that we just kept as active as humanly possible really for us in terms of gigs, in terms of uh, recording, in terms of getting together, obviously done this tour now. So yeah just being as active as possible and just making sure that, that we shout about it on social media really and yeah that's that's pretty much how we've been negating around it really yeah definitely and I think it's really important what you said about putting content out there that's like authentic like things that you're actually doing rather than thinking to yourself like oh shit we need to post something today and posting something that you don't really have any kind of like you know like wham behind it I think that is like so important and I think people on social media can pick up on that as well and I think that's what people are drawn towards in terms of kind of marketing is they want to feel that kind of human real aspect rather than something that's really corporate and kind of put together to to be able to get likes and views and stuff like that. Yeah 100% I think you can tell when a band's not got anything going on because they always post a picture from about a year ago saying big news coming or a big, <laughs> big announcement on the way and it's like right it's Things are drying up on those that end there, but I think you're right. Like we, uh, we are authentically ourselves on social media. If you watch any of the tour diaries, you'll realise that we're just mucking around, really, and just having fun. Yeah, there's so much things that probably we shouldn't have even put put on the thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's that that's what actually attracts people because they want the real thing. That's how you build connection. Even going on tour. And everything you know it's just it helps because you you're there in front of them they see you they connect that's that's the important part that's how you actually build a following and i do i think that's really important and you just must be doing something right because that's how i came across you guys is on social media so you're killing the game but i just wanted to talk a little bit about reverting it back to kinds of mental health and just is there anything that you know when you're feeling really shitty just in general, taking out of the tour equation, is there anything else that you do to kind of pick yourselves back up when you are feeling a bit rubbish? Well, yeah, I think for me, like, I, I'll I'll have at least like one low day a week. Like, that's just a guarantee. But I, I'm lucky. I have like my mom, 
there to talk to. Um, so I'm quite lucky there. So I would just recommend just if you have somebody to speak to, speak to them. Yeah, just anybody. That could be anybody. If just a connection that you like. And, and if you don't have someone to talk to, message the loose setters, we'll talk to you. But yeah, I, for me as well, just gym. I have to go to the gym. I have to exercise. I have to move. Because if I don't, I have like cabin fever sort of thing. I, I just get angsty, you know. So for me, I need to push something out. But that could be anything. Anything that, that helps you escape. Like I just watch boxing videos and stuff like just escapism, really. Whatever helps you just get away from, you know, stresses that that you have at that time. So for me, in you know, generally, it's gym and just watching boxing videos pretty much all the time. I wind my mum up big time because I put the put the screen put the big screen on with all the boxing videos. But yeah, I don't know about you, Vinny. What do you do? Yeah, I'm about to say a weird thing. I don't know if it's because I've lived with women my whole life, basically. But I literally feel like I got my periods. Seriously. Every month, I know I'm going to feel shit for a couple of days. Maybe twice a month. I don't even know. But, like, the important thing, in my opinion, you're always going to get a low moment. A moment of depression. Just allow yourself to feel shit and everything's going to be right. Just the thing, the thing that probably most people do wrong is just they panic. Oh, my God, I feel shit. They don't know what to do. And then they fall back into a loop that just brings them back to depression. Instead, if you just, like, be there, allow yourself to feel shit, it's just going to go on its own. I think that's so important to remember is that, you know, every emotion that we feel is temporary. You know, we have a big massive panic of it and then it comes back down. And I think when you are that close up to feeling that emotion, it's really hard to see the bigger picture. My mental health has improved when I stopped trying to change myself. I just realised that this is who I am. This is this I'm gonna get like this because this is what I am this is who I am so it's more like riding the wave instead of trying to stop it completely you know so I think for me that's why I've just sort of data analyzed myself over the years on like what works and what doesn't work so I feel like that's why I need to I know I need to exercise that's why I need to I know I need to get this sort of escapism at this time this is why I know I need to speak to this person at this time just because it's just that's just what I know now but if I'm trying to stop it, like, it's just impossible. I would just, yeah, just try and ride the wave and just say, look, I am what I am, accept it, and just try and try your best to just get through because it will pass, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people are really harsh on themselves when they do notice themselves having, like, a bit of a dip again. And I think, again, like, that just kind of feeds into not just the, like, self-critical cycle, but then it also makes it last a lot longer because, like you said, you're kind of trying to push off the inevitable. Like, it's your emotions. You can't really control that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm one, I'm quite bad for that negative self-talk as well. But I feel like sometimes I need that, though. Discipline's really important to me in my head. Like, I need stuff to be sort of structured in a way for me to understand things. I have to have like order, I'm very orderly in that way. Sometimes I you I'll talk to myself in a bad way to to sort of motivate myself to do the things that I, that I don't necessarily want to do, but it sticks to the plan. So I think this would be a really good time to play the song in terms of struggling. So just want to introduce that. For me, one of the best songs to get me through stuff is "The Wind Cries Mary" by Jimi Hendrix. To be fair with you, I'm not even sure why. It's just it just sounds good and I don't know hopeful for some reason. Even though probably from the lyrics it's not, but it's just the way that it sounds. Something 
to highlight there is that you said that the sounds is completely different to the lyrics and it's kind of the sounds that gives you that hopeful feeling and I think again I think it just shows that with music there's so many different aspects to why it can be helpful and have different themes so the sound can be something completely different and the lyrics can be saying something else but it gives that chance for people to interpret it in completely different ways again like we were saying previously I wanted to ask what do you think has been the proudest moment of your time in the music industry so far honestly I think finishing the tour last week because you know it 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 took it required a lot of energy a lot of um organization commitment all that stuff and you know, it's it's one of them things, it's like, not everybody gets the tour, you know, there's so many people out there that are great musicians, they never get the opportunity to, to do a tour, um, but yeah, finishing the tour was a great achievement for us as a band, but I think that sort of moment where it's like, oh wow, is because when we were on the tour, in every single city we had, you know, people coming, and they were singing the songs as well. It's crazy because, you know, we know what the song starts as, like a, just the, the most simple thing, like just, a, you know, in the bedroom, just writing it or, or in the practice room, writing it. And then to see people that you've never met before from a city that you've never been before singing the songs, it's really, really cool. And honestly, like having that support was the best moment, I think, I've, that I've ever had in music, having that support because um, it just was incredible and it means a lot to us because we work really hard that sounds so cool as well especially from starting the songs like in your bedroom and stuff and then seeing like how that has grown and progressed as well it must be a real surreal moment for you for me i would probably say when we played the gig in southend because it was like my first big gig like a gig of that caliber. And I was like, okay, cool. I haven't even been in the industry that long, as in the live music industry for that long. And I haven't been play, playing bass for that long. And I find myself with these lads just there having fun on stage with great sounding stage and great sounding equipment. I was like, oh, fuck, I made it. <laughs> yes. It's really cool how both your proudest moments comes from the live aspect of performing um so I just wanted to talk a little bit more about touring because obviously when you do go on tour it's a completely different routine a lot of you are probably sleep deprived um it's a lot of kind of you know loading in sound checking it's a lot of kind of high energy and it can be quite draining for a lot of people I just wanted to know like what was your experience with this Uh, well to be fair like I loved it all the only thing that i struggle with on live performing days is the waiting around I'm really not good at waiting around I'm like because you sound say for example we're headlining the show we're on at what half nine something ten o'clock whatever our sound check will be first so our sound check will be at like I don't know half five or six or something so then you've got so many hours to then wait and most of the time there's a free rider full of beer and you're also at a gig watching the people that are supporting you play. So it's it's hard to wait around and to sort of not get drunk or not like completely get relaxed. And it's it's really difficult to 
to get like where you have to be, if that makes sense. And I feel like when we were touring, we, I started getting something in my head where it was like, oh, okay, right, so I've got like an hour and a half until we were on or whatever. So then I'll start picking up my mood or whatever. But I feel like subconsciously you sort of, yeah, it's, it's quite hard to wait around. I've, I've always struggled with that, really. If you feel quite anxious before it as well. You've got so much time to kind of just sit in there. I'm excited to play. Yeah, I don't, I'm lucky I don't have any nerves at all. Like the four of us, we just literally show up. And we, we we can't wait to be on stage and play. We're not really, oh my God. You know what? I feel like that's from quite a lot of the artists that I've spoke to. I feel like that's something that's really rare. So definitely hold on. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people feel quite vulnerable with, you know, like showing something that's been so close to them and then kind of waiting for the reception, if that makes sense. Yeah. and I, Yeah, I, I think we, we've gone through that stage we've gone through that stage like I've been performing live with this band since I was 16 so I feel like we've gone through all of the all of the sort of chapters of of that you know like we've I used to be like that I used to be like okay when I was first starting out I used to I hope people like this or whatever or or if I'm, if you're on the same bill with like people that are like monster guitarists and like unbelievably talented, and I'm doing four song, four chord songs as a sixteen year old, it's like. But I just think that we come to that stage where it's like, we we are comfortable enough to just be like, this is what we are. Hopefully, you like it. If you don't, then it's just not for you. So, and I, f- I think with that mindset, we just, we just yeah excited i think there has to be an element which is it's really contradicting because in music the whole thing really in music live music is that you want people to like you you also have to not care that much about what people think even though you really care what people think so it's a huge contradiction um so i wanted to talk a little bit about the songwriting process and i just wanted to find out like how does that work for you guys um, well, most of, most of the first album was songs that I wrote away from the band um, in my room or whatever, and then bring it to the band and then it builds up. Um, I think for this second album, there is still some of that that's in there, but we're also trying to do a lot of room, room writing as well. Um, so like when we're together in practice, we'll throw ideas within the room and build a song up there on the spot sort of thing so it's good it's got a good balance to it but yeah we're trying to mix it up a little bit for these new songs that are coming our way um but in terms of writing i just try to not think about it too much like i just try to just let that sort of cadence come through i've never been a writer that goes oh i'm gonna write about this this and this and push some sort of politics or never works never works in my opinion it's just why would you even write about that i mean it's just forced yeah yeah i've never been forced in that way in terms of like i've never had an agenda or anything like that so and you know like some some like if you listen if you listen to indie rock in uh, like 2005 2006 a lot of the songs that are there they're all like pointing out things so like you know um fluorescent adolescent body arty monkeys he's talking about a man or whatever you know like 
and and she used to get in her fishnets or whatever. And now do you know now she's only getting in a nightdress or whatever. Talking about people, I've never I've never written like that. I've never written about people or he, she's, you know. I've always just let whatever is in me just come out in that way. So my writing is quite personal from that respect because it's not about anybody else or anything else really. It's just it's about what's what's in my head at that time. But I think sometimes because I write like that, I don't realise what I'm writing about until later down the line. So I'll, I'll write I'll write the song and then I'll listen back to it in about two, three months' time and be like, ah, oh, that's what I was on about. You know, it sounds a bit wanky, but it's like my whole subconscious comes out in the song and then I can only recognise what it's about consciously later down the line. Yeah, so it's almost like kind of a way of like processing and then like once you come back to it, you can reflect on it further. Definitely. Um, so I was going to do kind of a question around what are the best things in the music industry and what are the worst things, but I think we've kind of covered that. So what I want you to do instead, and I'm probably putting you on the spot, so if you do want to take a minute to think, don't worry. Um, how would you sum your like music experience up in like a few words? Up, down, love. That's what I'd say. Up, down and love. Yeah. Say struggle, variety, open mind. What do you think has been the biggest lesson of your experience in the music industry so far? I mean, we're learning every day. I've been doing this so, so long now. Nine years we've been sort of operating in certain, you know, ways of the band. I think you just have to realize that people will take advantage of you if you, they just will <laughs> like promoters, venues, they only care about the bottom line, the the tickets and all that stuff. Um, but you have to take the rough with the smooth really. So that's what one thing I've learned is that, you know, it's sad, but you you shouldn't be totally trusting all the time. Um, you have to, because it's weird, right? It's weird because you're an artist, right? You want to get your songs out, and many of these promotion companies, these people that put on live events, they know that you only want to put your your music out, and they know you do it for free as well. They'd know that they know that you would do this anyway. They know for a fact that you'd you'd go and do a gig and put your music out because that's what you want to do. That's what you're passionate about. But if you're making a thousand pound in tickets on the door and not seeing a penny for it, then you, you know you do have to ask that question as well. But it's quite hard to when you're an independent artist because you have to be commercially minded as well. Um, where you know when it gets to that stage when you've got a team and experienced professionals that will get sorted out for you. Um, so yeah, I would say that, yeah, the biggest lesson is that you have to have your wits about you a little bit and be a little bit commercially minded as well, because it's not in your nature really as a musician to be commercially minded. You're more interested in the art. But you have to find the balance, you know. 
Yeah, for me, it was very personal, to be honest. That's what I've learned from music, like how to deal with myself and how to deal with situations around me, really. It's never, it's never been about my relationship with uh, people in general. It's been always about my relationship with the world in general, especially with myself. That's what music taught me. And I think that I've improved. Music has helped me improve um, naturally at networking to the point where I'm not like consciously networking. I'm not like, oh, I've got to talk to these people because this will benefit me or benefit the band. It's just like, I feel like I've become more open to people, to conversations, to um, to speak about people, to speak to people about music and life. And I feel like when, when I was younger, younger musician and just not, um, maybe just not that confident in myself or whatever, like more closed off. So you're not like, and everyone's like, it's you against the world sort of thing when you're younger. And I think this sort of, the last two years when we've really been going for it and doing this album and doing these gigs and stuff, I feel that naturally I've become more of an open book and I'm more like interested to talk to, you know, other bands that are on the, bill or you know the sound guy the sound girl or whatever the venue owner you know the, like the promoters whatever i'm more of an open book now and i think music has helped me do that as well so we've covered quite a lot of bases in terms of what we spoke about in terms of mental health in the music industry i've just got two more questions for you so the first one is just around any advice that you would give to someone who's struggling at the moment with the mental health talk to somebody and if it's really bad talk to a professional it's as simple as that because there's always someone that will, will listen and people want to listen because people care. Um, and I know that sometimes because in your head, you're like, oh, why, you know, you're not really caring for yourself at that point. So why would somebody else care about you? That's what goes on in your head, but it's not the case. So talk to somebody would be my advice. Brilliant. Anything else to add to that, Vinny? To be no, to be honest, that's spot on. I think yeah, people care more than more than you think. Yeah, yeah, you summed it up quite nicely. Um, so thank you so so much for coming on and letting me pick your brains about everything today. It's been a pleasure. I just wanted you to have the chance to be able to you know show us where we can find you and anything that's up and coming. I know you've been busy with the album and the tour um so just shining some light on that as well yeah so we are the lucettas it's l-u-c-e-t-t-a-s everywhere on on instagram facebook twitter spotify apple music wherever you get your music um yeah we're going to be playing some gigs we've got some gigs announcing soon um around london and we're trying to get back nationally as nationally as well um and yeah we're just working on our second album our first album's out um and we should hopefully get a few tunes out by well definitely this year i would say Vinny, would you say yeah 100%. yeah we've got a few we've got a few bangers on the way amazing fab thank you so much and just to finish off um Vinny, do you just want to introduce the last song of the radio show so the what the song that you've listened to when you're already kind of in that feel good mood and just emphasizing that more 
um, that would be Serengeti by the Flins, uh, an up-and-coming band that we're actually going to go see on the 14th of June as well. Really good, really good tune. Voices Radio. Voices Radio. Voices Voices Radio 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 